Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, April 15th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is. If you've got a chance to hire the best, you take advantage of it. That's the first rule of business. First rule of dental health, too. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. I've been a patient there the last 27 years. I could not be happier with Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best, truly the best in the business. Let's talk about sports. Indiana's basketball staff has been completed by Mike Woodson. He hired uh, Yasir Rosemond yesterday. Uh, he is the third assistant. So we, we've got Kenya Hunter. We've got Dane Fife. We've got Yasir Rosemond. Uh, Mike Roberts has been uh, moved to assistant athletic director for basketball administration, serving under Thad Mata. Benny Sander, promoted to Dobo, Director of Basketball Operations. Brian Walsh has been uh, uh, added as the new team and recruitment coordinator. And Cliff Marshall remains as the Director of Athletic Performance. And so there you go. The staff is complete. Larry Brown, not going to be a part of it, sadly, but he's going to be a resource for Indiana basketball. And Mike Woodson is the head coach. And do not underestimate the effect that Mike Woodson, being an Indiana alum, is going to have upon that, that great alumni base, the intellectual bandwidth that's available within that alumni base to come to Bloomington and work a little with these guys and share their perspective with these guys. There are a lot of Indiana alums who know basketball at the highest possible level who are going to be tapped by Mike Woodson to come down and talk to the guys, work with the guys, be a part of Indiana basketball as it becomes a family again, instead of kind of this disembodied sort of, let's do it over. And hey, Kelvin Sampson. Hey, Tom Crean. Hey, Archie Miller. Let's invite those guys to replate the culture of Indiana basketball. Indiana basketball culture has been set. It's done. Now we got a guy who's ready to reinvigorate that culture and the alumni are going to be a huge part of that uh, process. Rosemond, if you don't know who he is, he spent two years in Alabama under Avery Johnson as an assistant. Prior to that, he was at Georgia for three years. Prior to that, he was at Samford and Seattle. And then he, uh, he also coached or served at Oregon, uh, which is his alma mater. He's uh, uh, thought by people in college basketball to be a really, really good assistant. So good hire by Mike Woodson. The staff is all together. The gang has been assembled. The band's back. Let's go, right? They've lost three guys. They're picking up three guys. Time to go win some basketball games. We got about seven months to put things together in a way that's going to allow them to get that done. I'm excited about Indiana basketball for the first time in a long time. I tried to get excited four years ago when Archie Miller was hired. It didn't feel right. Now, it feels much more right. We'll see. They've got two more holes to fill, potentially, with scholarship players if they choose to. I kind of like 11 guys. I got to tell you the truth. Who are you going to go get from the transfer portal or recruiting-wise to go fill that roster and lift the top end of the roster? Anybody who's in the transfer portal, they're not there because they were thrilled or because their team was thrilled with them right? They're, they're wounded doves who, who've got to be nursed back to health potentially 
we'll see if Indiana can pick anybody up who's going to help him at the top end. I don't think they need any help at the bottom end of the roster. They don't need more depth. What they need is, is a dynamic playmaker toward the top. And where are you going to get that in the transfer portal? That's the question for Mike Woodson. Or where are you going to go get guys who, who are still available and are high school players to come to, to Indiana and help win Big Ten games? Tough question. That's a question that faces Mike Woodson. Pacers last night, Pacers were pretty good. They win against the Houston Rockets, one of the worst teams in the NBA, but you get a win on the road. You say thank you very much and you move on. The pay almost a triple-double for Malcolm Brogdon. He was one assist short. Uh, Domas Sabonis with a double-double. Karis LeVert, another terrific performance, 27 points last night. Karis LeVert, Getting him in exchange for Victor Oladipo. You know, Victor Oladipo on an expiring contract, right? You don't really know what you're going to get back for Victor Oladipo. They got something back for Victor Oladipo. That is a terrific trade, it looks like. From an offensive uh, perspective, Karis LeVert, I think, is a, a big upgrade over Victor Oladipo. Defensively, not quite so much. But on the offensive end, Really, really good, and a terrific guy and a terrific teammate by all accounts. And so the Pacers, they're winning games, and that's a good thing. They play tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock, against Utah. What the hell is going on in Utah that they got to play at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday? Utah, 41-14, and 14, leading the Western Conference. Who saw that coming? I did. You know why? Because Mike Connolly's terrific as a leader and as a playmaking point guard, even though... At the age of 33-ish, his athleticism may be waning just a scotch. He is still a terrific winner, a terrific leader. Mike Connolly doing a good job in, uh, in Utah. Jadevian Clowney signed with the Cleveland Browns, one year, $10 million. He's had three sacks over the last two seasons. Cleveland, they still, even though Dorsey's gone, they're putting together their team like they're casting a reality show. Instead of trying to win football games, I just don't understand it. Spending $10 million on a guy whose best football is well beyond him and behind him and has never had more than 10 sacks in a season. Now, 10 sacks in a season's quite something. But you look, look, Justin Houston is still on the street, far more productive last year than uh, Clowney was with the Tennessee Titans and the year before that with, with the Seahawks. Uh, and Justin Houston somehow still on the street. So there you go. Um, the Cubs, they lost yesterday 7-0 in Milwaukee. They are hitting, as a team, through their first 12 games of the season, they're hitting 167. They're averaging they, not even five hits a game, 59 total hits in 12 games. Le that's less than five hits a game. That's historically low. This is the worst 12-game stretch in the history of Chicago Cubs baseball dating back to 1901. Prior to that, I, I can't believe they were more anemic than this. This is a terrible baseball team. And you've got Rizzo, you've got Baez, you've got Bryant, you've got Contreras. All All-Stars and none put and Jason Hayward. You know what? Hayward is making a lot of money to do nothing. Here's what I don't understand. It said this on Dan Dockett's show yesterday. All right, you put on the shift against Rizzo or against Hayward. Dump it down the third baseline. Dump down a bunt. 
take first base, say thank you very much. What are you doing? Are you playing for your next contract? Are you trying to win baseball games by getting on base? What the hell are you doing in Chicago, for God's sake? It's awful. It's unwatchable. We'll talk about that in a minute. The NCAA D1 Council yesterday approved the one-time transfer exception for men's college basketball and uh, football. You can transfer once without penalty, without having to sit out. Don't have to sit out anymore. You can do that one time. That's been available in a lot of sports to this point, just not those. And uh, also not baseball and hockey. That's a different story. But in in men's college basketball and football, they're going to be able to one time go where they like without sitting. Coaches can do it. I have no idea why players shouldn't. Now, is it wise to avoid adversity uh, and confronting adversity by transferring instead of staying with it and figuring out how to move through it, how to overcome that adversity without changing addresses? You know what? It's not up to the NCAA to legislate wisdom in college basketball or college football. It's up to the players and their families to be wise in their decision-making. I think you stay, you know, unless it's just untenable, unless it's abusive. You stay, you figure it out. Uh, Arizona's hiring Gonzaga assistant coach Tommy Lloyd as their head coach. Tommy Lloyd has been with Gonzaga forever. 20 years he's been an assistant with Mark Few, 46 years old, Feels real good about this opportunity. Let's see what happens at Arizona when you don't have to cheat to go get players. Um, let's fix baseball and, and basketball, and we can do it very easily. Two very simple rule changes, actually three, but one is across both sports. All right, no more instant replay reviews, period. End of story. The call is the call, the call stands, and we move on. Because at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. And it's not worth my two minutes to sit here and watch as you go to Secaucus or wherever the hell Major League Baseball has their home office for replay reviews and and look at whether a guy got to the bag first. You do your best, just like the players do their best. The Cubs are hitting 167. Are you telling me that replay review is going to help the Cubs be a better team and win more games? It's preposterous. It's a a zero-sum game. No more replays. In baseball, no more in basketball. In baseball, here's what I'm doing. They did this last in like 1889. I'm shortening the counts. Three balls for a walk, two balls for, or two strikes for a strikeout. That's it. We're not going four and three anymore. We're going three and two. It, it lessens the need for the bullpen. You're going to have starters go longer, so there are fewer delays there. Plus, I am just sick and tired of watching 0-2 counts become 3-2 counts because pitchers don't want to get guys out in the strike zone after they've got people behind. Nibble, 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 nibble. All of a sudden, it's 3-2, and two, and two, two minutes of my life are gone. What are we doing? And in basketball, no more timeouts. Done. No more timeouts. Coaches calling timeout at the end of the game for no reason other than they can is absolutely stupid. It makes no sense. All it does is delay the end of the game by another two minutes. Now, we know why all of these things exist. And we know why. Look, <clears throat> you know, it, it, here's the thing. In Major League Baseball, what was it, about 20, 25 years ago, they said, okay, we're cutting off beer sales after seven innings. So what did Major League Baseball do? This is how the, kind of sinister Major League Baseball is. Games started to get longer. So instead of a game taking two hours and 20 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes. 
Now games are taking about three hours and five minutes. So the end of the seventh inning is roughly two and a half hours into the afternoon. So they're still selling the same amount of beer, right? It's just ending at the seventh inning, and then we've got more baseball to go. When I go to Cub games, like my dad, and this was uh, in the 70s, right? Dad, at the end of seven, we were wheels up because we didn't want to get caught in traffic leaving Wrigley because traffic out of Wrigley, you're on residential streets. You know, headed north, uh, you got to go to the Dan Ryan, and to get there, you got to take Addison, which is a two-lane road. So Dad was out of there after seven. Me? I do the same thing. There's more fun to be had outside the ballpark than inside the ballpark after I've watched two and a half hours of baseball. All right? Same thing with basketball. I don't need games to last two and a half hours. Who says they need to last two and a half hours? Who says you need to fill that hole? College basketball, it's two hours, but now games are taking about 2.15. Why? Because of dumbass timeouts. Teach the kids to play. Let them play. If you need to call timeout late, you haven't taught the game correctly. Let's go. What are we doing? It's ridiculous. Uh, but And here's the key. Take coaches and managers off the rules committee. Do not allow them to make rules that we as fans, that these are, these, these games, this is how they pay bills. You've got to please fans, not please coaches and managers. So take them out of the loop where it comes to asserting rules and, and crafting rules for the game. They have no place in that room, coaches and managers do. Put the people in there who understand the fans, who understand what the fans want to see, and make rules that we're not going to caddyshack to the thing and turn golf into mini golf. But you know what? All these timeouts are idiotic. The count going to three and two for full is idiotic. Let's make these games watchable again. Can we do that? Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? On this Thursday in central Indiana, Christopher Asher, happy birthday. Diana Marion, happy birthday. The great Dale Speckman celebrating a birthday. Jim Slotke. Tina Hatfield-Fernandez, Joy Brewster, the great Matt Cotty, media relations guru for the Indianapolis Colts, Michelle Cuff, Ed Schrock, and Bill Schultz. Happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, any foul in the last two minutes is an intentional foul. I like this. Who? Oh, Dwayne Salter. Smart, smart guy. Uh, we'll talk to you a little bit later this afternoon all about sports. Something happens today between now and 3 o'clock. We got it covered. We'll talk about it. Indiana basketball, Indianapolis Colts football. We're only two weeks away from the NFL draft. I can't wait to see what Chris Ballard's got in store for us. We'll talk about it about 3 o'clock this afternoon.